chapters. This last uh, weekend, I was thankful Brother Tomlinson uh, was able to come and to preach, and I, I, he always does a great job. Appreciate him and his ministry, and uh, he may have shared things about what they're doing. And I'd be praying for them uh, in the ministry that God's called them uh, to do as well. And thankful for pastors that are able to do that. And uh, I was in Wisconsin, Superior, Wisconsin, at Twin Ports Baptist Church uh, for a preaching conference. This Lake Superior Conference on Preaching. And um, I didn't know what the theme was. I got in trouble because they said they sent out uh, a letter. Uh, and, uh, but I didn't remember reading it. And, um, and I knew by the gentleman that they had originally scheduled to go and preach at the conference, uh, who was a, a church history guy. Um, I just assumed that it was going to be on church history. But when I got there, uh, the theme was harmony in preaching. Uh, and preaching. Uh, and the basic uh, teaching and the preaching all surrounded these scriptures uh, and, uh, and dealt with, um, with music as a topic. Uh, the goal uh, was not, and there was a, there's a man uh, that was sp- scheduled to come, Brother uh, Jeff uh, Faggart, and he couldn't be there. He's uh, had some strokes. He's in very rough shape. Uh, and, and so Pastor Wagenschutz was trying to find somebody to come, and a gentleman named Andrew Ray uh, from uh, Tennessee came uh, and, uh, and preached the conference. Uh, they, um, Brother Faggart and Brother Ray, um, have worked together, and they put together a songbook, compiled it. They did a lot of research, uh, spent time all over the, uh, the world uh, researching these songs, uh, and uh, put together a songbook called Psalms, Hymns, and Spiritual Songs, and they gave a copy of that uh, to all the preachers uh, that were in attendance at the conference, and, uh, and then they had others, others were purchased and stuff, other people. And it was a great, we're not going to re- be replacing our songbook with that songbook, um, but uh, to give you an example, in their research, some of the hymns, all the, uh, the songs have history, right? People write them, uh, and uh, there's a lot to be said about um, you know, people write lyrics to songs, and there might be somebody that would write the tune uh, to the lyrics. Um, one of the fellows in, you see over and over in our hymn book is a guy named Bradbury, <clears throat> and uh, who wrote the tunes uh, to a lot of, uh, of the hymns and things and the spiritual songs uh, that we sing. Uh, but some of them, uh, we might have four verses uh, in our hymn book, but there's 18 verses to that song. And, uh, and so in Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, there are hymns in there that have 18 verses, uh, 14 verses, etc. And uh, you say, wow, I just can't imagine um, singing uh, a, a congregational song with 18 verses. In fact, if I say there's, if there's five verses, we're going to sing all five of them. Other people are like, oh, <laughs> uh, and uh, we're going to make it through. And it could be everything from uh, the key that it's in. Maybe it's keyed up really high which our songbook that we use, by the way, is that way. Uh, and the reason that it is is because uh, the publishers of that one figured it's easier to get people to sing out um, if they have to sing uh, high. <laughs> uh, you have to have volume in order to sing those notes. And so there's a method behind all of that. So these gentlemen wrote this songbook, uh, which uh, uh, I don't have it with me today. Uh, I'll have a copy around. You can look at it. And uh, so all the songs that were sung during the specials and the congregationals during that meeting were sung uh, from, uh, from that songbook. And uh, the idea was not to do like a how-to or to you know, um, preach on what can, you know, contemporary Christian music is versus other things. Um, and, and really, uh, there were 28 pastors that were at that meeting, uh, and all of them 
um, have uh, solid churches that are traditional, uh, sing hymns from, from song books, and there's a reason for all of that. And I don't want to get into all of that because we are going to, at one of the sessions, uh, they actually showed a video um, of Brother Faggart preaching at a conference on the topic uh, during one of, this, one of those in lieu of or in replacement of the preaching, which we are, I'm going to show uh, either this upcoming Wednesday or next Sunday. We've got to work out um, an issue we have with, uh, with the audio uh, with videos. So once that's worked out, I'm going to show that. It's about 45 minutes uh, after you cut some of the stuff out at the beginning of the church and stuff where they're at. Uh, and he deals with um, the history uh, of some of it. Uh, and, um, and there are also um, just a lot of back, uh, background stuff uh, to all that. Like the songs that we sung a moment ago, and I don't want to get too bogged down uh, ahead of time. Uh, but um, there's psalms. We understand what psalms are. Hymns, originally, and he'll get into this. Um, it, was, uh, it was the way they uh, spelled hymn, you know, H-I-M. It's songs about God, uh, which did not have a refrain or a chorus. Uh, and then spiritual songs uh, were always doctrinal songs that had refrains or choruses because the main goal uh, in those was to teach doctrine. And so the, the songs that we sing need to be um, uh, scriptural, uh, spiritual songs, and he kind of gets into that in the video and, um, and teaches all things about, you know, a time signature and, you know, meter and all those things and, and, um, and what gives music value. And by the way, uh, again, another sermon for another time, God created music, uh, and he created it for a specific purpose. Uh, we enjoy music, uh, and we all have certain um, tastes uh, in music. Uh, and uh, when I first got saved... Um, of course, I, um, um, I was, uh, you know, I liked 80s hair bands. Uh, so when I got saved, and I won't name all the ones I listened to, but, uh, but all the ones that you shouldn't listen to are the ones that I did. So when I first got saved, um, uh, I, I started listening to Striper uh, because they were a Christian <clears throat> hair band, uh, you know. And, uh, and so because I had a, um, a taste for a certain kind of music, um, there was, that's what I listened to. And let me say this, um, um, that wasn't right for me to do. I didn't know any better uh, at that time. Uh, but we, we often like to sing music, listen to music that we have. We all have tastes. But a lot of the music that we listen to today has zero musical value. Uh, and, uh, and, um, and, and most people who are trained classically or whatever, and most of the composers that wrote uh, psalms and hymns and stuff, they were trained that way. Uh, there's just a lot involved in that. I'm not a music guy, um, but, uh, but we'll show that video. It's super interesting uh, and, uh, and things as well. And I'll say one other thing before we read our text. Um, there was a time in history uh, where, um, uh, I said this last week, that the most persecuted group, uh, people group in all of history, um, um, have been Christians. Uh, through, especially through the Dark Ages. There are many Christians that were uh, burned at stakes and boiled in oil and drowned in rivers and, and killed for their faith. Uh, many of the people who, uh, who were um, writers uh, of uh, songs and things that we sing, many of them struggled through persecution and difficulty. Uh, and, um, and the inspiration that they had uh, for writing what they wrote is different. It's like the music today, you know, you think about somebody who was saved, you know, hundreds of years ago, um, who, who they read the Bible and they live for God uh, and, uh, and they, through whatever circumstance uh, in their life or motivation that God had given them, pen words 
that, uh, that were put to music, uh, their inspiration is different than the inspiration that songwriters have today. And, uh, and I'm not making too much, oh yeah, I'm making fun of, but, um, but it's like a lot of the music that we have written today, written by, by young people um, who have not, who've not lived the Christian life uh, that those people lived. And, um, and it's not that you have to have, you know, life experience to pen, uh, pen words and, and, and write music, uh, but, um, but there's a difference and uh, a very marked difference in all that. I'd like to invite you to stand for the reading of our two text verses, uh, or a few uh, more than that, uh, but uh, we'll read them here today, starting in Ephesians chapter number 5. And also as we read them, know that these are companion verses, they're parallel verses, both written by Paul to local churches, one at the church of Ephesus, one at the church at Philippi, uh, where we've been preaching from, or excuse me, the church of Colossians, rather. Um, And uh, so um, we'll read the one from Ephesians 5 and uh, in verse number 18. The Bible says, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, by the way, um, there's, it says, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. That means there's excess in wine. It isn't talking about moderation. All right? Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, <laughs> but be filled uh, with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Uh, then in Colossians 3, verse number 16, the Bible uh, says the same thing. Paul writes it, but it's a little bit different. And the, the parallels are all there except for uh, the, the initial um, imperative command, right? In the first one uh, we read from Ephesians, it says to be filled with the Spirit of God. Um, here in Colossians 3, uh, it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly with all wisdom. In verse 16, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts uh, to uh, the Lord. Our Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless this message. Please speak to our hearts, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. So one of the preachers <coughs> started out the, the, with his messages, actually from Second Chronicles 29. And the idea there is that they had tore down the altars and they're gonna be, um, there was a revival that was taking place. And uh, during that, and long story short, uh, what they did is they, they, they called for uh, the music of David uh, and, the, and the instruments of David that were ordained. And uh, long story short, uh, they went back 300 years in time uh, to, to sing uh, the music. They were trying to get right with God and get things straight in Israel and tearing down altars. Uh, and, uh, and so they made a goal to do that. The Levites jumped in. Uh, they, they got all this music uh, and the instruments, and they played. And as you read through that chapter, God gave revival. They, they worshiped God. They gave sacrifices. There were just a lot of different things. And when you, when you think about um, the, the reason that they did that was because they wanted to go back to a time where they lived for God and loved God and worshiped God properly. And, uh, and so he used it as an example of, of going back uh, to, to use what was used when that was actually taking place. In our modern day and time, we are, if you're here today, this is an independent uh, fundamental Baptist church. Uh, we, are, we sing hymns uh, and from a hymn book. We don't put them up on the screens. And, and there are a lot of reasons for that. Uh, just to be honest, um, I, I just, I can't, I can't take the time to put them on the screens. 
And, uh, and so I, I, just, I just don't do it. Some people say, well, when can you put your notes for your message up? I said, I'm not going to write the message and put the notes up. And, uh, and so some of it has to do with just, you know, uh, I, I don't want to do it. But the other part and the biggest part is that I want you to um, uh, be able to, would you be able to cut that, we that feedback up in here, just mute that one for me, please. Um, we are, um, when we sing uh, songs, an important part of music is harmony. And when we put the words up on the screen, you take away all the parts. And then everybody sings in unison. When everybody sings the melody, that's called unison. But when you look up the word unity and harmony in Scripture, it's important in what God wants. And when you look at the instrumentation, etc., harmony is important. And, um, and to, to give you an idea where I was alluding to about Baptist history was during the persecution of the first century churches. Um, uh, they met in homes. They met in, you know, the woods. Uh, and, and when they sang congregational music, it put a target on them. Uh, it, it would show people where they were at. And in our Baptist history, which is, which is important, uh, and uh, um, they, they just stopped they stopped singing congregational music because it would bring um, attention to them and they were killed, so they did it in private. So they stopped singing congregational music uh, out of necessity uh, because of the danger that was there. Um, and kind of like it's analogous to kind of how we have been with the pandemic. People stopped going to church because of the pandemic and they've just not gotten back in. And churches all across the country are dealing with people that have, have not returned. Uh, they're going everywhere else. Uh, except for church. And so churches, uh, for the longest time, were not singing. Churches that when we look at our history, and I can't get into all of it, um, were not singing congregational music um, because of safety issues. And then over the course of time, they began to even use scriptures, like I've read today, to justify it. Where the Bible says to make uh, melody in your heart to the Lord, they felt that the only scriptural singing uh, was singing that you did in your heart to God, and not out loud to God. But these are parallel verses. And, and, and one of them speaks to what you do in your heart to the Lord, but the other one deals with us teaching and admonishing one another. And you can't do that if you silently sing uh, in, in your heart to the Lord. Uh, but even that application was an improper application. And so along in history, there was a gentleman named Benjamin Keach. He's a Baptist preacher. Uh, and, uh, and he, uh, he got under conviction about why they weren't singing in congregational, uh, congregational music in their assemblies. And so he began, uh, he wrote a book. Uh, I think I got the title wrong. I ordered it actually on Amazon. Uh, you can still get it. Uh, and, uh, and it's called um, A uh, Repairer of the Breach uh, in the Worship of God. And so his, he, his, he was trying to repair what was broken down in those churches when they weren't singing congregational music, and he dealt with the topic. Uh, and this was over in, in uh, England and, and, and that. Uh, and uh, his son, long story short, who was in rebellion against God, whatever, he came to the United States, uh, and uh, people heard that he, was, uh, that he was here. They asked him to preach. Uh, he ended up getting right with God, and we owe the congregational singing that we do in our churches today to those Baptist preachers uh, who got it started again. Uh, in uh, the assembly uh, meetings, the meeting houses, 
uh, back in history. And so those things are in that video, and uh, there's some historical uh, aspects about that. Um, but uh, the Bible <clears throat> teaches us very clearly uh, that we're to worship God in singing. Um, and uh, I mentioned this on the internet earlier today, uh, but when you look at the book of Revelation, well, when we look at our church service today, uh, we came in uh, and we had uh, a, um, we normally we have a choir opener uh, with the choir. By the way, we have practice tonight, and, uh, and so if you want to join the choir, you can talk to Brother Reed and to get involved with the practices. It's a new year. That would be a great time for you to do that. And we have an order of service that we do. <clears throat> Sometimes <clears throat> we pair songs together. We, we, we try not to move too much from it. People get confused, like I got confused today. Uh, and it's like, what normally happens at this time? It's not me getting up and singing, because I normally come down and lead a song after I come down from the choir. And so uh, we have, um, you know, in, in, in a bad way, a rut that we live in, uh, in with our worship services. The other part, we have structure, which we could say is decently and an order uh, that God wants. But we, but we sing, um, you know, maybe four songs, all right? Now, uh, in case I forget to say this, I want to say it now. When I was at this, congreg- uh, at this meeting, um, I got under conviction about a, it's not, it's not really a, a real policy that I have, uh, but it's, it's a way that I've joked around about it in the past. And um, I know that 80% of, uh, well, we're, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. We're to preach the word of God. We come to our church and we preach the Bible because it is we're to, we're to preach the word. Uh, and it's an edifying build. I said, uh, I said this in Sunday school, church is for saved people. Uh, and uh, it's an equipping ministry. Um, we're supposed to preach the gospel, doctrine, uh, all of that. So preaching has to be part of um, our assembling together uh, because it's directed in scripture and God lays a great importance on it. But here's what I've done. Um, I'll say like when I got into the, the pulpit this morning, uh, to preach, it was like 20, almost 25 after, um, 11. So I'd say, okay, I'm going to preach always twice as long uh, as the song service. And so I have kind of this, uh, um, you know, unspoken rule uh, to where I say preaching has to have preeminence. And so we would, I would if we sing for 25 minutes, I'm going to preach for 50 minutes. Amen. If we sing for an hour, I'm going to preach for an hour. Uh, and, uh, and I would kid about that uh, because, because of the importance of preaching. But what I didn't really think about uh, was that, uh, and what came out in one of the messages there, uh, was that the only thing that we do as a local church that we'll do in heaven is, is, is to sing as a congregation. We're not going to take up an offering. Um, you know, we're not going to give announcements. <laughs> or, uh, you know, the whole thing, like, I wonder if they're going to have everybody shake hands today. We won't be doing that. Uh, and uh, so the only thing that we do in our, our assemblies now that we will do in heaven is, is congregational singing. Uh, in Revelation 5, verse number 11, the Bible says, And I beheld and heard the voice of many angels around the throne and the beasts and the elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor. Uh, in Revelation 14, and I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of great thunder. And I heard the voice of harpers harping 
with their harps. Uh, and they sung, as it were, a new song before the throne, before the four beasts and the elders. Uh, Revelation 19, And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. And we know, and you've heard, and you've sung songs with those words uh, in them. When you get to heaven, um, uh, you say, what are we, we going to do when we're in heaven? All right. Um, right now, in your sinful flesh, you get tired of singing after about 10 minutes. All right. Um, you're going to be singing forever uh, when you're in heaven. Now, in my defense, your defense, we're going to have a glorified body. We're going to have the mind of Christ. Uh, but that is, of course, a biblical proof that we are so fleshly and so carnal right now um, that we often don't even find um, uh, enjoyment in uh, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Part of that, also, it's not really the message, but part of it is because singing hymns from a hymn book just isn't your cup of tea. Um, maybe your music's got to have some twang in it. Uh, maybe, maybe, uh, and that's, when, that's why in today's time, people go to churches and they say, we don't, we don't, like, we don't like the worship because they're not, they're not doing music the way that's enjoyable to them. And, uh, and that's why uh, people like me remind them that it's not for them. It's for God. Uh, and, uh, and God created music, uh, and he created it for a specific purpose. We have hijacked that, and we've turned music into entertainment. So, so churches didn't sing congregational music because of persecution, it went away, and through apathy and misappropriation of Scripture, churches began to, as a, as a policy, not sing congregational music. And there's been all kinds of different variations of that uh, through um, several hundreds of years uh, that, uh, <clears throat> that we have seen. But here's, here's a, a problem. And one of the reasons, um, when we use screens, and I'm not against screens. We've got some. Uh, and uh, I'm not against them. Um, but what we're doing, in essence, is the same thing that was done all these years ago, where we're going backwards. We think we're progressing and getting with it. But what we're doing is getting back to a place where the congregation doesn't worship uh, in harmony. Uh, and, uh, and if they sing at all, it's in unison. If the, if the praise team um, is, uh, isn't just singing to the congregation. And, uh, and what we're doing is we're, we're living our way in and, you know, and justifying our way into churches that don't sing congregational music any longer. And uh, if you've, if you've um, come from a different kind of church that doesn't use hymns, you know this to be true. Uh, and uh, there'll be a, a team of people up front uh, and, um, and they're singing. They might, they might sing harmony because they have music, uh, etc., but the people are standing during the worship service. They don't know the words to the songs. And they're not, they're not singing together and they're not worshiping God together. Somebody's singing either to them or for them to God. And it is not the biblical pattern uh, and it is not biblical worship. So a reason, the biggest reason why we use hymn books uh, and we sing congregational music uh, isn't because we're just old school independent Baptists who, who don't want to have, you know, 
Uh, and it's not even, it, it's not about talent. It's not about musicians. In fact, when you look at people who are mainstream secular um, uh, music artists uh, and they interview them, um, you say, well, I started singing in church. And I got almost all of them. And, uh, and, uh, and so we know so God gives us a gift. We're supposed to use it for the Lord. And they did. They sing in church. And at some point, they, um, you know, they made it big in the music industry. And, and, but the vast majority of them got their, their, their uh, they cut their chops in singing uh, in churches, whatever, whatever kind of church. And, uh, and here's what I believe. This is probably not necessarily true, but this is how I look at it. The ones who are singing in the bands in the church are the ones who aren't good enough to do that. All right, let that sink in for a second. That's just my own personal opinion. Uh, nine times out of ten, it's people who want to be rock stars that aren't good enough to be rock stars. And so they try to live out their dream uh, any way that they can. And, uh, and when I listen to a lot of these uh, churches with that, it's terrible. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, but, you know, they got somebody up there. And so it's not about that. It's like, I've, if you're new here, I used, to play the, I used to play the drums in a band called Nasty Habits. Okay? And so, so uh, if anybody's playing the drums at Brian Baptist Church, I'm playing the drums. <laughs> but it's, 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 not about, it's not about instruments and talent or whatever. There's a, a thing behind that. Now, um, and uh, so we're, we're going, people think we're going forward. We're going backwards. And, and we are robbing ourselves of, of um, the song service isn't filler before the preaching. Our congregational singing uh, isn't something we just do out of rote habit. I mean, we, we, we end up defaulting to that because of our carnality. Um, but it isn't even necessary to prepare you for the message. Now, the special song right before the, before the preaching has more of, a, 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 of that to it, I guess, uh, than would the congregational singing. But the congregational singing is worship. The closest thing we do to heaven in our local churches from Sunday to Sunday is singing from our hymn book. Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs as a congregation to the Lord. And, uh, and, uh, and it's, uh, it's vital. Now, looking back at these, uh, these verses, uh, they're parallel verses, uh, they except for the initial command. And I want to I wanna give you this as part of the message because it fits in with our theme and it also fits into um, our 90-day Bible reading program that we have coming up. All right, and you'll see that here in a second. Uh, let me read the verses again, Ephesians 5, <clears throat> verse 18, 19, and be not drunk with wine, where in is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, when we think of being filled with the Spirit, when you, got, when you got born again, the Bible says that you are indwelled with the Spirit of God. All right? It's not getting into all the doctrinal things. Uh, the, when you are indwelled with the Spirit of God, it's what we believe would be the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Right? He comes in, uh, and it's not manifested with, with speaking in tongues and other types of things. Uh, and uh, in fact, when the Bible talks about being filled with the Spirit, all the way through, it's always... Uh, it's always followed by preaching of the Word of God, and, uh, which, is, which is an important distinction because we often make it mystical and whatever. But we say, okay, it says, don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And often when we preach that, uh, I've done it too, we say, okay, we're, we're talking about what's, what's motivating us. Uh, we're not to be given to the Spirit's. Uh, you think of alcohol, 
as spirits, but to the Spirit of God. Uh, and uh, He's the one who leads us, directs us uh, into all truth. So we're to be filled with the Spirit. Um, but when, but there, are, there are multiple ways that that's illustrated for us in the Bible. But these two verses together um, make the, the most important illustration of it because they're parallel verses by the same person to two different churches under inspiration of God. Are you with me? So he, in one, he says, be filled with the Spirit. Uh, in the other, he says, let the Word of Christ uh, dwell in you uh, richly in all wisdom. So you think of, uh, it says, speaking to yourselves. And by the again, another message we could get into. When you look at the pronouns uh, in Scripture, uh, these and thous, etc., whenever the, there's a Y involved, like your, ye, um, those are plural. And, uh, and so when he says, speaking to yourselves in Psalms and hymns and spirits, he's talking to the church at Ephesus. He's talking to the church at Colossians. It's not an individual instruction that you sing in your heart uh, in privately uh, to God. Uh, he's saying their, their church, he's talking about how they're supposed to do it. It's a plural thing. It's an instruction to <clears throat> that local church. Ultimately, it's an instruction to us. Uh, so he tells them it's to your, your, yourself. Uh, it says psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Psalms, they had a psalter. Um, they, they, we understand psalms, psalms of David. In fact, some of them, uh, you know, you see, these are the words, and then it would say this is to be sung, and all the different Hebrew things, and it says to, uh, or upon Mashkil, or upon this. And it, so it's like you need to sing Psalm 55, but to the tune uh, of, uh, of um, uh, some song that they sung back then that everybody understood and, uh, and knew. So there's psalms. And we sing psalms uh, and parts of them. In fact, in that song book uh, that, that I have, it, has, it might have all 18 verses of a, of a, of a hymn, um, but along in the margin of all of them are all the scriptures that are behind the thought uh, in, that, uh, in that song. Scriptural. If we're supposed to sing it, it should be scriptural. Uh, psalms, hymns um, are songs about God. Uh, and then spiritual songs, as I illustrated earlier. Uh, but it says, singing, verse number, or excuse me, in Ephesians 5, uh, yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And so you think about, well, it's singing in your heart. But when you read the companion verse in Colossians chapter number 3, verse number 16, it says, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So when, it, when, when the other one, it isn't saying, okay, we're not sing congregational music, it's just supposed to be in our hearts. It's in your heart is the grace that's in our heart. We sing these songs with grace in our heart to uh, the Lord. But being filled with the Spirit is connected to being filled with the Word of God uh, and dwelling, it, it, having it dwell in you richly uh, and uh, is what Paul was saying. So what Paul's instructing the believers at Ephesus uh, and at Colossae uh, to be filled with, when he's saying to be filled with the Spirit um, he's saying the Holy Spirit fills the believer with Scripture. Uh, scripture is the tool dwelling the, the, in the Word of God richly uh, is, the, is the, the method that he is speaking to in these verses to control and direct the believer. So we're, if we're to be under the influence of the Spirit and be filled with the Spirit, uh, then we have to be under the influence of God's, of God's Word. There is no filling uh, of the Spirit without being filled with the Word of God. 
So he says, don't be drunk with wine word is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. He's saying, let the, the, the um, in, in Colossians chapter number three, uh, let the, uh, uh, I gotta look back, I'm trying to remember what it was, uh, and I'm gonna completely destroy it. Uh, saying, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, uh, in teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. We know from 2 Timothy chapter number three that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction for instruction in righteousness. And God's given us the Word of God for that. And we're to dwell in it. We're supposed to meditate on the Word of God. We're supposed to memorize the Word of God. But to be filled with the Spirit of God means to be filled with the Word of God. Now, we're going to be coming up to, um, uh, just in a few weeks, our 90-day Bible reading program. Uh, And we always attach, or we have, we've done it now for two years, uh, a dinner at the end of that is kind of like a, uh, it's more of a celebratory thing. Because reading the Bible in 90 days, it's a, it's a, it's a task. Uh, there's some commitment involved, some work involved. And so it isn't like you read the Bible in 90 days and your reward is, uh, you know, a filet mignon. All right? That's not, that's not why we have a dinner at the end. It's not, it's not, you know, for doing it, you get this. Because the benefit you get from reading the Bible over that 90-day time far outweighs um, what you would receive in one physical meal. Uh, at the end of it. Uh, but it's just a celebration uh, of, uh, of having finished together uh, something that is a, um, a, a big commitment uh, over those 90 days. Um, but you get, that's how you get filled with the Spirit of God. You get in the Word of God. And so what I, what, at this meeting, uh, I thought, man, I've, I've not been, as a pastor... Now, I'll try to get people to sing out. One of the reasons I do one of the congregationals <clears throat> is because I want, I want uh, to, uh, to help uh, the church to, to sing out. All right? Uh, Brother Reed does that as well. And we do everything that under the sun to get people to sing, to smile. Uh, and, uh, and by the way, um, if you're sitting in a song service, uh, congregational singing, you're a, a member of Berean Baptist Church, we, get to, we gather for corporate worship. Then we begin to worship him in congregational singing and the most scriptural, biblical thing that we can do this side of heaven and what we will continue to do in there. Uh, and uh, and he's like, it's so wicked um, that I don't even want to even get into it. Um, if it, it, you, you, you know, why, you know, and again, it could be like, I'm a terrible singer pastor, you don't want me to sing. Um, and even if the person next to you can, can verify that you're a terrible singer, it's not about that. The Bible says that we're supposed to, to lift up our voices. We're supposed to sing to God or give him praise. He's do our praise. Uh, and we lift up, lift up our voice in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And there's a personal side to that for me, uh, for you. Uh, it is a melody in our hearts. Uh, it, is, it is singing. It's my worship to God but it's also a way that we uh, exhort and admonish one another. And, uh, and this isn't what I'm talking about, because I thought about this, like, okay, how do I admonish people with my singing? And, and, and it could be like, like, you know, grabbing the hymn book. That's not a hymn book. Where's the hymn book? And, uh, you know, I've got my hymn uh, open, and I'm singing, uh, hold to uh, God's unchanging hand. And, uh, and this is what some of you think admonishing one another is you're looking at somebody who's not singing. 
you know, <laughs> uh, time to sing, uh, and, uh, you know, give them a dirty look or whatever. Uh, but we, because we sing spiritual songs and songs that are filled with doctrine, part of how God has put this all together for us in the congregational worship of Him is for us to sing doctrinal things and exhort one another. So, so when we're singing the songs that we, we are uh, in, uh, you know, Jesus is coming again. Uh, so this would be <clears throat> a hymn uh, <clears throat> that uh, it doesn't have uh, a refrain or a chorus. And, and, we're, and we're singing it uh, and, and telling the, ourselves, we're singing to God, uh, the marvelous message we bring. Uh, and uh, glorious carol will sing, wonderful word of the King, Jesus is coming again. And we're exhorting one another. You, you want to know why? Because there's somebody else in the service who doesn't have hope. The hope they're not thinking about the hope of his coming. Uh, they're thinking about all the bills that are due tomorrow and they can't focus on, uh, on the message today. And so as we sing and we lift up our voice, Jesus is coming again uh, and uh, coming again, come. And we sing it. Uh, it may be morning, it may be noon. And as we sing it to him with a full voice uh, and in uh, the way that we're supposed to. And by the way, we should be right with God before we walk into here Amen. on Sunday morning. Because when you wait to the end of the service to get right with God during the invitation, you might be the very thing that's killing the spirit in this service. And, uh, and there are times during our revival meetings we'll all have prayer at the beginning, and maybe we'll do more of that. Uh, and uh, there are churches I've been in, uh, they, they'll sing a song, and then they just go into a prayer time. They just know to do that as a church, because they always do, uh, because you're arguing with your wife on the way to church and, you know, screaming at the kids and uh, whatever. Somebody's uh, you're like absolute crazy chaos all morning at your home and in your car, and you get here, and you slap on a smile and act like everything was all good, and you need time. Just get, get with God and God, help me. Help me to concentrate. Help me to, you know, whatever. Maybe you got to confess sin or whatever and, uh, and to do that. You should do that before uh, so that you can come and you can sing uh, in worship. Uh, and uh, we exhort and we admonish. Uh, and, uh, and, and when somebody's like, I just don't, you know, um, these people believe he's coming again. They're just singing it out, you know. And I'm not talking about being weird and like pointing to stuff or like whatever. And, uh, but we should, we, should, we should desire to worship God uh, in singing for our own personal worship to Him. But also as we, it's, it's, a, it's a together thing. It's what God uses. And so if we're supposed to, if we're supposed to admonish and exhort, uh, then those words, of course, have to be scriptural. Those words have to be filled with doctrine. And we sing choruses and refrains of those spiritual songs because that's how we learn. We, we learn by repetition. And, uh, and we're to get in the Word of God and meditate on the Word of God and, uh, and, to, and to do so, the Bible says, in all wisdom and knowledge and teaching. And uh, this helps us in our counseling. It helps in our personal worship. Um, it goes on in both, in both passages about being thankful. And so I, I want you to understand, I, I'm almost done, um, a couple of, couple of things. We don't sing congregational songs to fill up an order of service to get us to uh, you know, the premier focus time of Pastor Reno preaching the word of God to you. It's the run-up. Uh, and uh, that's not what it is. Um, but because, because we think it is, uh, we, we're, we're playing in our, in, in our purses and on our phones uh, and messing around and talking. By the way, we worship God in giving. I think, I think when, we're, when we're taking up our offering, you ought to be reverent. Uh, when, when that's going on, it's not a time to talk to your neighbors. It's just a lot of that stuff that goes on. Uh, 
uh, during, those, during those moments. Um, uh, we're worshiping God. I'll just put this out there. If you get up during the congregational music and you go out to the restroom or whatever, you go check on your kids, um, if someone's singing a special, don't come in. Wait till it's done and then come in. Um, are you following me? It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's important what, what we're doing. And, and, and maybe that's my fault, not, you know, telling the ushers to do that. And, uh, but, you know, from now, now on, like, you know, specials going on, doors closed. You want to get in, it's like, halt. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, do not pass go. When it's done, you come in. Both from just, a, you know, um, just being respectful of, of the people who are doing that and people are, are, are listening. And we are. We're trying to, we're trying to uh, prepare our hearts uh, for uh, the preaching at that moment. Um, but it, it's, it's not filler. It is vital. There might be times coming up, we might have a service, and all we're going to do is sing. And, you, you know, and, and it's like I think about, I'd see some preacher, hey, come tonight on Sunday night, we're having a sing-spiration. I thought, what a liberal carnal mess that's got to be. But, you know, but what, they, what they're doing is they might have, we did this at our church in Superior. Your family, it was like watch night service, I think it was. Your family is singing together, whether you can sing or not. And so you and the wife and the kids all get up and, and you're going to sing Joy to the World or whatever uh, and just do your best and for the Lord. Uh, and so you just got up and you know, say, well, I wouldn't go to that. Kind of, you know, there's probably people that probably left our church because they didn't want to uh, do that. They were so f- filled with anxiety or whatever. And um, it, is, it is the way that we worship God. And, uh, and so, so there needs to be more of it. And, uh, and, and it's not that, okay, we sing for an hour, I'm going to preach for an hour uh, or whatever. I'm just saying corporate worship, is, it's vital and it's important. And, uh, and it isn't because it isn't I don't like certain styles of music. And there are things that perhaps you might listen to for entertainment that don't lend themselves to corporate worship. And I'm not talking about you know, try, going through everybody's music and what's contemporary and all that kind of stuff. That's not what I'm talking about. But when you show up to Berean Baptist Church, um, it, it's, it's not because I'm stubborn. It isn't because I'm old school. I am those things. But that's not why we sing from this, these hymn books. Um, it, it, it means something to our worship. And, and, it's, and it's, there's been as much, um, not, uh, let me take that back, not as much as effort in struggle as was given so that we can have the word of God in our hands. Um, but these songs that we sing, there's so much history behind them. And, and when you read books like the hymn stories and whatever, and sometimes Brother Reed will mention those, maybe we'll do more of that uh, here coming up, giving you some of the history of the songs that we're singing. Uh, and, um, but, uh, but when we do it, it's for God and we're worshiping in it. And as we lift up our voice in harmony, because we have the words and the music in front of us, uh, and, we, and we do that, it shouldn't be, maybe sometimes it's because we'll sing songs that we don't all know. And, um, and so we can, we can work on when we do that. But sing. And um, because you're singing to him. You're not, you're not singing for the person next to you or whatever. Now, if you have a beautiful voice, God bless you. Uh, and, um, um, but 
Um, but it isn't, it isn't for you. If, you've, if you're here today and we broke out hymn books and you're like, oh, it's one of them churches. And, uh, you know, old-fashioned or whatever. And um, um, there's reasons for it. <laughs> you, know, you know, maybe they don't have a guitar player. Maybe, maybe they don't have a drummer. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe they just don't have the talent. Uh, and so I'm going to offer my talent. We don't want your talent. All right? Um, when we gather and assemble as a local body, it is a spiritual, biblical, eternal thing. And, uh, and God is preparing you more for heaven in our congregational singing than he's preparing you for my preaching. And, um, and so there's going to be a little bit more of an emphasis upon corporate worship in singing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Um, but, but here's, here's a catch. Um, we, can, we can believe the truth about all that. And I'm, I'm preaching biblical truth and reasons. And there's, there's a ton more information can be added. Okay, uh, What I'm preaching is true and, and what we do is, is right. But how unconvincing are we? When, when somebody does come into our assembly and we're singing hymns because, bless God, we're not progressive. But we're just like, what can wash away my sins? With no feeling, no heart, um, no attention to the doctrine, to the truths, the life-changing truths that we're singing, exhorting and admonishing one another and singing out. And so when somebody comes in, it's like, these people believe what they're singing. And the reason we believe what we're singing is because it's, it's grounded in, in, in truth and in doctrine. And, uh, and, and so there are times where it's like, hey, no, that song's a no. Why? Because it's got false doctrine in it. Sometimes it's no because it's, there's, it's fleshly and it's worldly. And there, there, I know that's a gray area, but you know. And, uh, you know, and, and so it is, um, you know, the, the, the meter and everything else, like, um, in, this, in this video, you'll see it. I'm going to do this because some of you might not be here, but they have a thing called, it's like short meter, it's like long meter. Uh, so there's like an 8-6. So you think um, Amazing Grace. We all know that song, Amazing Grace. It, but it's set to an 8-6 meter. And that's why people, for example, in a nursing home, you go and you preach to them uh, and minister to them. They can't remember their name, uh, what they ate for lunch that day. But you start singing Amazing Grace, they know the, all the words. Because, because the meter helped them. Uh, and there's a lot of songs. Like you can know GCD and you can basically sing almost any song with those chords. But let's say Amazing Grace. Let's, let's sing Amazing Grace, like do it in the video. Amazing Grace to the tune of Joy to the World. All right? Because it's eight, six meter. Is everybody with me? You know how you do that? So Amazing Grace, but to the tune of Joy to the World. Ready? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I see. Was blind, but now I see. Was blind, was blind, but now I see. Corny. But it's 8-6 it's meter. 
in a lot of these songs that were written at that that people could sing when they didn't have written songbooks published in the congregational singing. Um, so there's method. There is, there is musical value. There's a lot of things that are in it. It's not just because I don't want to go forward with culture. Amen. All right? Um, in fact, our churches need to go backwards. Back, back to what, when our country was being turned upside down with the gospel, it was a King James Bible. And, it, and it, was, it was godly men and women who loved the Lord uh, and uh, old-fashioned, whatever. That's, that's, all, that's what God used. So, so, so we're going to be in the Word of God, let, filled with the Spirit, 90-day Bible reading program, striving to get in the Bible, uh, doctrine and teaching, singing, singing out and together in, in harmony, not just unison. Uh, looking there, singing parts. And, and you know when it's good, right? When the, it, it, like Brother Reed knows when it's, he's hearing it because he'll go, piano, stop. And then we're all singing in harmony. And when we do that, and you know it's true, if you're right with the Lord, you're like, this is sweet. And, 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 and you just know it's right. Um, but it's just, you know, the whole group up here and singing and you don't sing is the furthest thing. From, from, from New Testament biblical worship. And uh, it's not just I'm against it, I'm for this. And so I want you to help me uh, in the services coming forward to support that. And come into church, you're right, and you're going to worship him, and you're going to sing these psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs from your heart, with grace in your heart, to the Lord and for him. Uh, and, uh, and when we do that, it, people can come in and they... It, it, they know that ambiguous to style, this is something. The, this, is, this is true, and God's in it, uh, and, and praise the Lord. It's not just, because we get people come here because their ears are blown out from their, from their worship at their, at their progressive church. And they come and go, praise the Lord, they're singing hymns. And um, there's a reason behind it. Sing out. Let's all stand together. In fact, we're going to have an invitation, and let's, uh, let's do it with singing uh, uh, him. Uh, Brother Reed, would you come up and <clears throat> uh, lead us in an invitational song of your church?